So this is our very first bonus episode and our bonus episodes are taken from questions from our listeners. So if you do have a question for me that you would like to ask me and you would like me to talk about on the podcast, do follow the link below in the show notes to submit that and you never know, you might be the next question that we go through. So as it is a bonus question episode, I do have a little gift for you. If you listen through to the end, you'll be able to find out how to access that and make use of it. Let's get into it. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. Today on our bonus episode we are answering a question from one of our listeners. So Anne asked, how do you work with overexcitement in the car? So this was a specific question. She said it's not anxiety, we're not working with fear, but it's pure overexcitement. <laughs> so this is a really common one, Anne, um, and it makes sense, right? A dog is just predicted. So they've learned that when they go in the car, usually they're going somewhere fun. So they're going to the park or they're going to grandma's house or they're going to doggy daycare or whatever it is that your dog enjoys. So unfortunately there's no super quick fix for this one I can give you a couple of things that I would probably avoid um, and then the method that I used for my dog that was a little bit of a slow burner but we've got to the point now where he just goes to sleep when he's in the car which is blissful so for me it was well worth it Um, I actually had a I want to say an instant or an event, I don't really know what to call it, experience a few months ago, maybe a year ago now, I was driving down a dual carriageway, so it was a fast road, about 60 miles an hour, and there was a car in one of the other lanes that was kind of weaving around a bit, and I had my eye on it, because to be honest, my first thought was, are they drunk? And if they are, I want to keep my distance from that car. Um, And then as I got a little bit closer, what I saw was um, the person that was driving had an old English sheepdog, so quite a big dog, And this dog was leaping from the front seat to the back seat to the boot repeatedly barking and barking and barking like up at the windows looking out and my first thought was a that's really dangerous and b oh my gosh how distracting that I just wouldn't be able to concentrate at all if I was that driver and I wanted to be like pull over pull over even though it was none of my business. So absolutely want to have our dogs properly restrained in the car. That's not the topic of this podcast, but it's very, very common is what I'm saying. So that probably was a little anxiety in that situation. But barking in the car or getting very, very excited is very common. And the few, another thing that I want to avoid, if possible, is telling your dog off. Now, as we know, at Paws Up Dogs, we don't really prescribe to kind of punishment-based training at all in any way, shape or form. But the problem with this is that because it can often be quite piercing and annoying we do get to the point as people where we do have enough and even though we might not scream at our dog we might say enough or that's stop it now be quiet the problem there is that for the most part it doesn't work (laughs) it might make you feel better for a second but they're just gonna start again so as much as possible avoid doing that and then the technique I'm going to talk you through should hopefully mean you don't need to do that so the difficulty with um, excitement in the car and I'm just going to use barking as an example because that's what most people are experiencing some dogs will whine some dogs will pace it kind of depends a little bit on your dog but it's usually some kind of vocalization 
So the problem is that the more your dog practices that vocalization in excitement, the more likely they are to practice it next time and next time and next time. And so that's how you get into a real behavioral pattern whereby your dog gets in the car and immediately that's what they start doing because that's the association they have built. And it's not that they're being naughty, it's usually actually a way of helping them to manage their emotions. So we all do something slightly different when we're excited. We all kind of show that behavior or behave and show that emotion, I should say, in a different way. Some people might jump around, some people might hug people, some people might squeal, twitch, (laughs) pace up and down. Dogs are exactly the same and we pick a behavior that helps us to manage that emotion. So in the case of barking, I'm really, really excited. I don't know what to do with myself. Woof, 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 woof. Oh, that makes you feel a bit better. I'm going to keep doing that. Okay, so what I did with my dog, who he was more of a whiner, and if the whining went on for a while it would turn into barking for me personally whining is just as annoying as barking Um, and actually it told me that he wasn't coping very well as well so it wasn't just about my kind of experience but it was about his as well more importantly for me so what we did is we tried to identify what was the trigger was it getting into the car in the first place was it the ignition the key turning was it the handbrake going off was it the movement was it for some dogs they know directional changes so for example you're driving on a normal tarmac road and then when you turn off towards the forest track and it's a bit more bumpy and uneven that's when it starts because they know that they're getting closer to the forest let's say they're very smart (laughs) so first you want to identify what is the trigger and then you want to take a step back from there So let me give you an example. If your dog's trigger is as soon as they get in the car before you've even got in, they start barking. I would take a step back from there and I'd be doing lots of calm work around the car. So go out when you're not taking them anywhere, a couple of times a day and just practice a bit of zoning so teaching them to go to their bed next to the car you might do some sprinkle or scatter feeding of some food around the car maybe you put them on their lead and you sit next to the car on a a little camper chair or something and you give them a kong but you're just teaching them that that area around the car is nice and calm so that's where i would start with that one if you've got a dog that maybe reacts to the ignition turning so they get in the car and they're kind of okay but as soon as you put that key in and you turn the ignition on and the car starts that's when it starts what I would do in that situation is I would take a recording on my phone of that ignition sound I would play it back to my dog at a super super low volume whilst they're enjoying a nice kong or a chew or something like that and as long as I've got no reaction to that sound I would gradually increase that volume over a few sessions until they're hearing that sound all the time then I would go back into the car with my dog and I would turn the ignition on I would turn it off and then I would give them a treat turn it on turn it off give them a treat your poor car's not going to know what's hit and the key here is that you're watching out for any signs of kind of stress or overexcitement starting so if your dog does start barking that probably tells you you've done a few too many repetitions so you basically want them to win as much as you possibly can so turn it on turn it off and then get out and go back in the house and then you might the next time do two reps for example so all you're doing is you're just changing that emotional response response so it's like this is not a predictor when we get in the car and turn the engine on it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to the park sometimes we just get in the car and then we go straight back in the house no issues (laughs) if your dog is triggered by the movement so as soon as the car moves that's when we've got a problem 
exactly the same premise get in the car turn the ignition on start moving forward or backwards whatever your setup is and then put the handbrake back on and sit down and just wait and just be calm together the real key is that we don't want the dog to get to the point of having to vocalize so you want to be quite quick in your reaction so that they're having success after success after success because The problem that people often have with this is they'll be doing some of this great training, but in the meantime, they're still taking their dog out every day in the car and letting them bark for half an hour. That's going to make your training very slow, if not impossible. So if you are working on this, I will set you a challenge of not walking your dog for this week. And if you're in the UK, that shouldn't be too much of a problem because it's starting to heat up here. (laughs) So no walks for your dog for a week only practicing this training at whatever level you need to go in at by all means exercise your dog if you've got a backyard or you've got you can take them on a lead walk on the streets or you can play some training games or whatever it might be but try not if at all possible to take them in the car to practice that behavior because otherwise you are going to be one step forward and 10 steps back and we all know how frustrating that can be so I hope that was helpful for you Anne Do leave us a quick review of the podcast if you are enjoying it. Let us know if you guys have got any questions and we will speak soon. Take care. So I hope you like listening to me answer Anne's question. As I said at the beginning, I do have a little something for you. So if you are someone that does have a dog that struggles to be calm sometimes, maybe they're a zero to a hundred dog, or there are certain situations like we were talking about today where your dog just really struggles to be calm and zen and peaceful, then do make sure you check out the show notes where I have a link to my Calm Dog ebook for you guys. So you can grab a copy of that, start putting some of the things into practice and hopefully join us a little bit later down the line for one of our calm dog challenges where we'll just take this just a little step further and make sure that you're enjoying a life with your dog in a really zen calm and peaceful way together all right chat scene